Last week, I talked about, let me ask you, what did we talk about last week? I know you may not even remember what you ate yesterday, but happiness, mashallah. Okay, someone's paying attention. <laughs> so we talked about happiness uh, and how to attain happiness. And we talked about that in this dunya, there is no such thing called true and everlasting happiness. Rather, happiness in this dunya can only be attained by understanding our purpose of life. And I gave you some examples about people and, you know, certain uh, people uh, in sports and so forth. So today, uh, there were a few brothers who came to me after that and they said that, can you please explain that how do you even achieve that purpose of life? And how do you understand how to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And instead of going through so many ayat of the Qur'an, there's one ayah in particular that I would like to just address. And this is in Surah Al-Baqarah. This is ayah number 177, and you can go back to this. By the way, this is a very well-known verse known as Ayatul Bir, the verse of goodness. And there was a man who came to Abu Dhar radiallahu an, and he says that, can you please t tell me what is Iman? That's all he said. Please tell me what is Iman. Tell me from the Quran what is Iman. To which he said, he, re he recited this verse. لَيْسَ وَجُوهَكُمْ قِبَلَ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ And till the end of the ayah. And this man said that, I'm not asking you about bir. I'm not asking about goodness. Here I'm asking you about Iman. And Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu said, that there was a similar incident in the time of the Prophet ﷺ where a man came to the Prophet and he said, Ya Rasulullah, tell me what is Iman. And the Prophet ﷺ did the same exact thing as I'm doing to you. And just like you are objecting to me and telling me, I'm not asking you about bid, I'm asking you about Iman. That same man did the same thing to the Prophet ﷺ, to which the Prophet ﷺ said to that man that when a believer does something that is good and he expects the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says that this makes him happy. You understand? This makes him happy. And when he does something that is wrong and he and he understands that there is going to be a punishment that will come, this creates fear within his heart. So let's quickly go through this verse of um, Bir. You can inshallah go into this later on. There's a lot of tafasir on this. There are many ulama who have written entire books and treatises on this just one ayah of the Qur'an. Uh, in fact, Dr. Israr Ahmed, I mean, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon him, he has written an extensive amount just on this one ayah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, لَيْسَ الْبِرَّ So this ayah comes after the ayat of the change of qibla. And what happened was that there were three different times Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَوَلِّ وَجَهَكَ شَطَرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ so when the Muslims came to Medina for approximately 18 months, the Muslims were praying in the direction of Majid Aqsa. And during the entire period in Mecca, by the way, they were also praying towards Majid Aqsa. But in the time of the Prophet, uh, I mean, sorry, in the time of Mecca, the Prophet ﷺ would pray in such a direction that he was praying 
in line of the Kaaba and Majd al-Aqsa. And think about it geographically speaking, that's still, that's still, you can still do that. But when the Prophet ﷺ made Hijrah to Medina, there's no way you can do that. So for 18 months approximately, give and take, they were praying towards Majd al-Aqsa. And at that time, the Jewish people, the Jewish community began to say that this religion of Muhammad, they say that this man is a prophet, his religion and our religion are no different. You know, we face also Majd al-Aqsa, they face Majd al-Aqsa, and slowly and gradually, this is exactly what Surah Al-Baqarah is all about. It's about the distinguish, the, the, this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala distinguishing this ummah from that community. And one by one, you will see in the same juz, the second juz, one by one, different, different rules are coming. Legislative laws are coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is making them distinct from the Jewish community. And the very first thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did was change of the qibla. Change of the qibla. Because when you talk about a, an identity, when you talk about a religion and a group of people, they need to have a certain capital. And for all of us, when we talk about a spiritual capital, what is that for all of us? It's Makkah. It's where we pray. It's the direction that you and I, we pray in. So when the Muslims started praying, started pray towards Makkah, the Jewish community began to raise objections. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it very clear in the second juz that the only thing that you are supposed to take from this is that your obedience Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is required. You are not allowed to object to this and this is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to distinguish between who are those who are believers and who are those who are not going to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and who are going to raise objections to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then the Jewish community thought that is this what the entire religion is? Facing the Kaaba and so forth? To which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that no, when we talk about goodness, when, we talk, when Allah talks about bir, Allah is saying that it's not about facing the east or the west. This is not what bir is. But bir is overall an entire package. What is bir consisting of? But indeed bir is what? That those who believe in Allah and those who believe in the hereafter. Whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, by the way, of believing in the hereafter, He's not just talking about believing that there is a concept of the hereafter, but it's about believing in the fact that you and I, we have to answer to Allah on the day of judgment. This world is not the final abode. I may get away in this dunya with my crimes, but there is no way I'll get away in the akhirah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a believer has this awareness of the akhirah, this is what the Quran is talking about. We often understand it as, oh, someone who believes in the hereafter. Yes, that's also there. There are many religions who don't believe in the concept of the hereafter. And that is why there, um, in, in Mecca, in the Makki surahs, there's a great emphasis on the akhirah. Why? Because the Quraysh did not believe in the akhirah. So it's not just about believing that there is an akhirah, but it's about believing that I have to stand before Allah on the day of judgment. So, To believe in Allah and to believe in the angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the kitab that were revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the prophets um, sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, 
Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes in a different direction. One is our ibadat. One is our aqidah. So to believe in Allah and so forth. But what about our social obligations? Now listen to this. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it is to give your wealth. Give, give away some of your wealth. However, even though you cherish that wealth so much. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, see, He understands us. He knows that we love wealth. And we all know that there's a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. No matter how much a person is rich, there is nothing that can satisfy the, the hunger of wealth than the qabr of the, than the, than the grave. This is what the hadith of Prophet is. There is nothing that can satisfy a person's hunger for wealth. And then the Prophet and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they give their wealth to their relatives, to the orphans, to the needy, to the travelers, to those who are in need and the beggars, and they liberate those who are in bondage. Now, first of all is, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talk about giving to others? There's a very profound idea behind this. See, when you give to others, Hassan al-Basri rahmatullahi alayhi says that often when, when people give to others, they think that they're doing others a favor. Hassan al-Basri says, when you give someone some sadaqah, don't ever feel you're doing a favor for them. Rather, you are doing a favor for yourself. You're doing khayr for yourself. That's number one. Number two is, in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, this was their way of helping others. In this day and age, there are so many other options in helping others. There are so many other ways you can help others. But the idea is that when you do help others, when you go out of your way to help others, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring peace and happiness in your life too. When you put a smile on someone else's face, Allah puts a smile on your face. Wallahi, try it out. Try it out. There are many people who have come to me and said, I'm looking for happiness. And I told them, go and help someone else out. And wallahi, they came back to me and they said, the fact that they just went, they spent 15, 20 minutes, but the fact that they got a thank you and they saw that they were helping others, this brought some happiness in their heart. And that is why if you go out and you help someone else out, According to the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is better. This is better than doing irtikaf in the masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? Because when you are doing irtikaf in the masjid of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you are benefiting yourself. But when you go out and you help someone else out, you are benefiting yourself as it is, but you're benefiting someone else too. There is a double benefit here. So that is why all the time try to find any opportunity. And especially in this day and age with all the things that we are seeing, especially in media and so forth, on social media, it is this kind of time to show people truly what, who we are as Muslims. I know that there is an overwhelming amount of, of support for Palestine and so forth. But wallahi, you know, there's a, there's a principle of life. 
When there is haq, there's going to be batil. The more the haq is going to be pushed forward, the more the, the people who are on false, they're going to try to push forward their falsehood. And we see that going on right now. In this day and age, instead of pushing anyone forward, they're trying to censure everyone else. But the point is, in this day and age especially, we need to go out and be more engaged within our community. I'm not talking about necessarily in politics. I'm just saying engagement in our, in our community. This is something that, by the way, the Prophet ﷺ, when he came to Medina, he, he talked about this. He says, Afshu salam ta'am. This is the Prophet ﷺ saying, Afshu salam ta'am. What does ta'am mean? That go and feed food to those who are in need. No, go and engage in your community. This is what the Prophet ﷺ is saying. So that is why going out and feeding and helping others. Then he says also that to liberate those who are in bondage. Now, even though this means to free those who are prisoners and so forth, but in our day and age, the ulama, they say that there are many people in prison who need support in any kind of capacity. There are many people in prison who are sitting there unjustly and they need to be liberated from prison and so forth to help them out is also a cause of Allah's pleasure. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, so it's not just about giving money to others. It's not just about your aqidah, but it's about practicality too. You have to have some practice of Islam in your life. And by the way, the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also saying this is because, think about it for a moment. If a person's iman is on the right, is on the right side, and then they're going out in society and they're making a difference in society, the very first thing that comes to their mind is, Alhamdulillah, I am in a very great position. Allah is pleased with me and so forth. And at that time, shaitan comes to them and says, you don't have to do anything else. You are good as you are. But imagine if that same person is not fulfilling their most basic obligations, such as salat and giving zakat and so forth. Our deen, if there's anything that this ayah teaches us, it teaches us that Islam is a complete package. You cannot just pick and choose and believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with me. In this ayah, Allah covers everything. So he says, They establish their prayers, they give their zakah. The next one is, They fulfill their promises when they make those promises. Now, this is part of fulfilling other people's rights. When you make a commitment to someone, you fulfill that commitment. Then he says, what about when we go through difficulties in life? Allah covers that also. He says, And those who are steadfast, those who have patience in the face of misfortune, or adversity, or in the times of danger. Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that whether we are going through a difficult time in our ummah, a person is patient. A person is going through a, a personal problem in their life, they are patient. And not only that, but what if the ummah in itself, I, might, I may not be going through that. I may not having a personal problem, but just like we find the situation of, of Palestine, and we see the ummah going through some difficulty, even at that time, People are patient. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about here. Now to all these people who are doing all these things, Allah says, These are the people who are speaking the truth. These are the people who are truthful. What is Allah talking about here? You and I made a covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You remember? Before we came in this dunya, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alastu bi rabbikum. 
Am I not your Lord? Am I not your Rabb? And what do we say? Bala. Indeed, we are your slave, Ya Allah. Indeed, you are our Rabb. We made this com we made this promise, right? When we live our life according to this, we are being truthful to our promise. These are the people who are truthful in their covenant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then finally Allah says, These are the people who have taqwa. Why did Allah bring taqwa here? And by the way, Allah does not bring only taqwa here. Again and again in this surah, Allah brings about taqwa. Why? Because you go back to the beginning of the surah. Alif la mim, kitabu la hudan lil muttaqin. Okay, if you want guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you want to be benefited from this kitab, taqwa is a requirement. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us there are so many ways of attaining taqwa. So whenever you get a chance, inshallah, go back to this ayah surah Baqarah, ayah number 177. But once again, Allah talks about iman, Allah talks about ibadat, Allah talks about our rights towards others. One is huququllah. Then there's the huqukul ibad. Allah covers both of them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also talks about our responsibility in society. And Allah also talks about whenever you're going through challenges in your life, to be patient at that time. Allah talks about all these things in this one ayah. So try to go back to this ayah. Let's apply this ayah. And this goes back to once again last week. If you want to find true and happiness in our life, this is our purpose of life. If we understand our purpose of life and we fulfill our purpose of life, then inshallah we will find happiness in this dunya. Even if we go through some challenges in our life, Allah will help us to navigate around those challenges in our life. But ultimate happiness inshallah is reserved for all of us inshallah and our families and the entire Muslim ummah inshallah in the hereafter. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst those who will enter into Jannah without any accountability inshallah. Ameen Rabbil Alameen. Wa jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wa Inalmuslimina, والخاشعين والخاشعات والمتصدقين والمتصدقات والصائمين والصائمات والحافظين فروجهم والحافظات والذاكرين الله كثيرا والذاكرات أعد الله لهم مغفرة وأجرا عظيما